0: Well, good morning. Whoa, good morning. Why don't you smile at your neighbor and say, "Man, you look fantastic this morning, considering what you had to work with." Yes. Just a little bit of encouragement as we. Right, right here. Be great. Thank you, Warren. Well, uh, the welcome books are going by. If you're visiting with us, please let us know that you're here. We have a welcome lunch, uh, not immediately following this service. But uh, if you're in the, the nine o'clock with us, we want you to come back. If you're if you're new, if you've been here, new in the last several months, go get a cup of coffee or just hang around and enjoy these wonderful people at North Point. And then we have a welcome lunch after our ten forty-five service, and we'd love to have you. We're just going to meet together. There's going to be some of the staff, the elders, and the team there, and. Just an opportunity to connect and get to know you a little bit. We'll walk through a tour of the facilities, get to know one another. We'd love to have you. You've got a great opportunity for uh, connecting and getting in a couple of equip groups. Details are in your bulletin. Ladies, you've got a great adventure starting on Tuesday night. Supposed to start last Tuesday night, but the weather has not cooperated much in the last four to six weeks. has made ministry difficult, but uh, the ladies are kicking off that Daniel plan. Tuesday night at 6.30, there's still room for you. Last I heard, there were 40 ladies signed up and and counting, so it's not too late. And then, guys, you've got a great adventure kicking off Thursday morning at 6.30 in the morning. Pinch the guy next to you and say, it's early, but you can do it. Okay? A couple of great opportunities to connect. As the offering buckets go by, I just want to say on behalf of the elder and and, uh, leadership team, thank you for being so generous toward God. We got the numbers in terms of average attendance and average giving and as you know, December was off and we missed a whole Sunday uh, and we missed almost a whole Sunday just last weekend and we had some additional expenses that came up unexpected and uh, North Pointers, you're amazing because we not only met but exceeded our budget for for December and we just want to thank you for being generous toward God. And putting the kingdom of God first in your giving. Thank you so much. North North Pointers are generous and they they understand that uh, we put God first in every area of our life, including our finances, and we give to God what's His first, and He blesses and multiplies the rest. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, we had a a retreat, The, the elder team and myself, we got away on Friday evening and all day Saturday. And uh, I, I just want to tell you what a, what a fantastic time we had and what a privilege it is to serve in this role as, as the interim executive pastor and to rub shoulders with these men. And, and uh, I just, I thank God for them. I thank God that they are godly men that love the Lord. Uh, one of the elders suggested that we spend a season of fasting before we get away. We just wanted to hear from heaven. Uh, we want to follow kingdom agenda. Uh, we're not interested in man's plans. We're interested in what God is doing and what He's saying because we just want to find out whatever He's doing and just jump in the middle of it. Can somebody say amen? And, uh, and so we just spent some focused time away just really listening to the Lord, praying together, and being strategic in our planning and uncluttering the church so that we can be on target and focused. And I want you to know that this team of leaders, we are deeply, deeply committed to our mission, which is to help all people move toward a life fully devoted to Jesus Christ. And we have pledged as leaders that we want to lead. We want to be first. We want to be those that are pursuing Jesus Christ passionately and becoming like Him. And then helping everyone in this church do the same thing. That as leaders, we are passionate about Every one of us connecting relationally because it's vitally important that we connect and that we, we help one another and strengthen one another and sharpen one another. Can you say amen? So we're serious about relationships and groups and connectedness in this group. And we're serious about serving and connecting with this community. And this is, this is really a theme that, that we've talked about over a number of months now. And we're determined that North Point is going to be the kind of church that, God forbid, if North Point should vanish, if we should close our doors, that the entire community would feel a sense of loss. And by God's grace, we are going to be that kind of church. Can you say amen? All right? So uh, that's, that's some of what uh, we'll... Uh, you'll be hearing a lot more about that, but I just I thank God for, uh, for the leadership in this church. And uh, thank you for giving them to us and trusting them uh, to be spiritual leaders. In this place. Well, we are uh, in a new series, Uncluttering Your Life, Reclaiming Simplicity and Sanity and Significance. And uh, we kicked off last week by saying basically that our our garage is like our life. And, uh, you know, life naturally gravitates toward clutter, life naturally gravitates towards complexity. It, do, it naturally gravitates toward this right here. And if we're just going to be laissez, laissez-faire in our approach to life, this is what our life is going to look like spiritually. This is what our life is going to look like relationally and emotionally, professionally, financially, in every area of our life. If, if, we, don't, if, if, we're, if we don't live on purpose, if we aren't calculated, if we aren't intentional... In our lives. And so we're talking about that, uncluttering our lives. And uh, last week we talked about, and I, I wanted to pick up, pick up and finish talking about the cause, the cost, and I really want to focus on the cure of clutter. We touched on it last week, want to expand it. Got a couple of great testimonies. We're going to hear from Maxine and Shirley in just a couple areas of their life and how they've really been seeing God work in this area. And I'm excited about having them share in just a few minutes. I'll introduce them in just a moment. But let's read our, our text together. In fact, let's just pause. Could we, could we just pause and pray? I've said it before, I'll say it again. I know how to make noise, but thank God the Holy Spirit knows how to make sense. And uh, let's, let's ask Him to speak to us very personally and very powerfully today. Father, we just pause right now and, and want to thank You that You are here. And we just, we ask You to simply be God in our presence here today. We ask You to speak to us. We ask You to just put Your arm around us and be whispering in our ears today, counseling us and encouraging us and coaching us, O oh God. We ask it and we thank You in the beautiful name, Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, let's read about our two sisters, Luke chapter 10. We read about them last week. we going to read about them, compare and contrast them, and then we're going to dive right into the cure for clutter today. Verse 41, Martha, Martha, the Lord answers gently, You are worried and upset about so many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And we quickly compared and contrasted. I'll run through this again. You know, Martha is the epitome of clutter. Mary is really a picture of the peace and the serenity that you and I have want to characterize our lives. Martha represents too many of us. Mary represents too few. Martha typifies clutter. Mary typifies serenity and order. Martha, a stressful life. Mary, a peaceful life. Martha is doing many things. Mary is doing one thing. Martha's irritated. Mary's enthralled. Martha's mean-spirited. Mary is gentle and kind. Martha's ordering people around. Mary is drinking in the words of Jesus. Martha's telling God what to do. Mary is listening to God about what to do. Martha's blaming others. Mary's accepting responsibility. Martha's corrected by Jesus. Mary is commended by Jesus. Martha is the person we tend to be. Mary is the person we want to be more like. God help us to become more like Mary. And we need a, we need a good balance of both. Last week we talked about the cause the cost and the and just touched on the cure of clutter. The cause of clutter really bottom line is sin. And we looked at at, at sin in, in different areas. Uh, the curse of sin, the shame of sin, the corruption of sin, the deceit of sin. The bottom line is sin brings clutter to our lives. Adam and Eve sinned and there was a curse placed on the ground. And God said you're going to you're going to you're going to eat by the sweat of your brow. Life is going to be difficult and challenging. And hard. Sin has corrupted relationships, Cain and Abel. This guy ends up killing his brother. So sin jacks with relationships and it, and it it makes life hard and it really ultimately is the root. You know, a lot of stress and pressure and clutter in our lives comes financially, and we're going to talk about that in a few weeks. Financial clutter. But think about the stress and the pressure that debt and financial worry bring to our lives. It is tremendous. And it's one of the number one causes, or the, the roots that lead to divorce. The pressure of having to keep up with the Joneses, and the, the, the latest in everything. It it just multiplies clutter in our lives. So the cause of clutter in our life really is the root of sin. And the Bible says that to obey is better than sacrifice. And haven't you found this to be true? That simple obedience is easier than all of the clutter of trying to live sacrificially in order to please God. God says, I want you to display mercy instead of sacrifice. I just want you to take simple acts of God-likeness in your life. You don't have to pile up all of this religious do's and don'ts in order to please me and do my will. So obedience brings simplicity to our lives. And sin is the root cause. The cost of clutter, we touched on this last week, and I said the, the, the greatest cost of clutter in our lives is missed opportunity. And I was talking with Maxine after the service last week, and she was telling me, in fact, where are you, Maxine? I know you're sitting right here. Come on up. Would you come on up? And uh, you all know Maxine, just put your hands together and encourage her as she comes up to tell a little bit of her story. But Maxine, you were, uh, yeah, watch your step there. It's, it's awful cluttered over there, watch your step. But she was telling me last week about, you're, you're not only uncluttering your house, because you were telling me about that, go ahead and take the mic. And you, you're uncluttering your house, and she's got a little system for how you were going through and doing that. And, and you were excited about this message, but, but what really excited me was you were telling me about one of the things that you do in your life, which is teaching English as a second language. And you made the statement, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, so you, you, uh, you take this and, and tell us uh, the story of, of how the Lord is really working in this area, that you're meeting some foreign students. And she made the comment to me, she said, I, I, I have to be purposeful in keeping my life uncluttered so that I can focus on things that really matter. Because there's a lot of things that you could be doing. And I'm sure there's a lot of things that would be more convenient for you than teaching English as a second language. But there's some neat things that are happening as a result of you doing that. So just give us a little, a little insight of what's going on.
1: Oh, wow And um I said I really couldn't believe that and he said yes you could you can just you know how. Well um over these past years um our small group has prayed for me, my husband has prayed for me, has
0: Anybody relate to that? I'd rather make the list.
1: You're to welcome my and also my husband
0: and for their oh, thank you so much God bless you <laughs> Maxine there's a story that uh, is developing that Maxine said she couldn't share now, but uh, uh, a student who's from a communist country has been really influenced through these ministries and He shared that he wants to be baptized, but he's not going to do that until he goes back and renounces communism in his home country. And so some neat things are happening. When we are uncluttered and we can focus and we do things that that are very simple that God can use to touch and influence other people. And I, I just appreciate, Maxine, that you're having them read Scripture to learn English. That's a little bit of Jehovah sneaky right there <laughs> that God is using and uh, you're an inspiration. Thanks for, for sharing your story. So the, the cause of, of clutter, the cost of clutter is missed opportunity and the cure for clutter is really where I want to spend the balance of our time this morning because many of you are here and really some of you, you just need a little bit of calibration. You're really doing well. Some of us, We're a little more than just a a little calibration, and some of us need a complete overhaul. Well, thank God. God's good at all three of those, and we're just trusting Him to help us today. The cure for clutter, really, uh, I would summarize in three simple points. One is the right priorities. Number two is the right position. And three is the right plan. So let's talk about, first of all, the right priorities. Jesus said something to Mary. He said, Mary has chosen what is better he said one thing is needful and she's made a choice and that's not gonna be taken away from her and really when it comes down to uncluttering our lives it really is a matter of being clear on what is priority life is busy all of us are busy it's important to be busy with the right things we said last week that that life is like a jar, and that that the bigger rocks represent the bigger priorities, so, as I talked today, just wanted this visual up here. the rocks are the larger priorities, then there 's you know some smaller stones, those are the B priorities, and then there 's some smaller stones still, those are the c priorities, and then there 's some really small ones versus a life it 's just the jar's full of sand, full of activity, full of busyness. life is very full, but what 's it full of? See, we have to make quality choices so that we're focused on the right priorities if we're going to unclutter our lives in a way that is really going to be of earthly and eternal significance so let's let's talk for a few minutes about priorities and uh, uh, I have read before uh, Rick Warren's purpose-driven life and uh, you know there's there's positives and there's negatives to that book and there's all kinds of critiques but you know now almost 20 million people have read it and uh, I was always taught, eat the hay and spit out the sticks. And uh, and so th- I think there's some hay in that book and, and highlighting what should be five overarching priorities or purposes in our life. And I want to share those with you quickly in the form that Rick shares them. And we're going to touch on them and then we're going to unpack them a little bit. But he he gives five priorities based on God's Word. And the first one is this that we are planned for God's purpose or for God's pleasure. And I I simply put it this way, priority and purpose number one is God's glory. The Westminster Catechism says this in short, that the chief duty of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. This is is reason number one I exist and I'm on the planet. And if I'm going to unclutter my life, And I'm going to have a sense of priority. It needs to start with God. I exist to glorify Him. That is my fundamental purpose for being on this planet. And I ought to be about that. My life ought to be about that. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. He says, Whatever we do, in word or in deed, do all to the what? To the glory of God. Everything I do in life is to be done for the glory of God as a Christ follower. That's priority number one. Priority number two, he says, we've been formed for God's family. God's family is priority. The, the, in fact, I've talked to many people through the years. Now, I, I have a, I have a fairly tight family. I'm one of eight. We're, we're a close-knit family. But I can tell you, I am far closer to my brothers and sisters in Christ in my in my spiritual family than I am with my natural family. And priority number two, priority number two is become if you're not, become part of the family of God. Become a Christ follower. Repent of your sins, place childlike faith in Jesus Christ, who came from heaven, lived a sinless life, died a substitutionary death, was buried, raised again on the third day, ascended to the Father, and he's coming back again to gather His church, and to, to stand as judge before the living and the dead. Place your heart, faith in Jesus Christ. Come to Christ, be born again. Join the family of God. The family of God should be a priority in our lives, biblically and scripturally. John chapter 1, verses 11-13, through 13, speaking about Jesus, it says that Jesus came to His own people and even they rejected Him. But to all who believed Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become the children of God. Don't you love that language? It's family language. He's our Father. He's Abba. We are His children. And learning to live as the family of God is a priority. We're going to be talking about uncluttering relationships next week. And we're going to get into some nitty-gritty and fun stuff and some not-so-fun stuff. Because this is part of being a family and relationships. And I'll tell you what, I was reading this morning, one year Bible reading plan, if you're you're reading with us, we read about Jacob and we read about Esau and we read about Isaac and we read about all kinds of relational drama. I'll tell you what, when relationships are jacked, life is rough. Can you say that's absolutely true? Okay, so we're going to talk about it and focus on it next week. But in terms of these priorities, number one, is the glory of God. Number 2 is the family of God. Number 3 is God's service. Rick Warren puts it this way that we've been shaped for service. Every single one of us serving God should be a priority in our lives. And I, you know I thank God that this church is full of people that love to serve. We have third serve opportunities where we do outreach into the community and we bless people and we serve People are serving as ushers in hospitality and greeters and, and in tech and in children's and youth right now. People are serving us by ministering to your kids and, and imparting values into them. I thank God for the many people that serve in the church. But listen, this is only one small compartment of what it means to be serving God. We are servants of the Most High. That's 24-7. That's not 90 minutes on Sunday morning. So serving God and our ministry is a priority. We are shaped for God's service. I'm sorry, I went to number four. I'm really, uh, we've got our tech team right on it. How about if I share number three since I skipped over that? Is that okay? (laughs) I've got notes in front of me and I still skipped it. Uh, Priority number three is to be like Christ. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, that those whom God foreknew, how many of you know that God knew you before you were formed? That's absolutely, He knows the end from the beginning. Those whom God foreknew, He did also predestine to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Do you know that that is God's plan for your life? He wants you looking and smelling more like Jesus every single day. So this is a priority in our lives, is becoming more Christ-like. Now I've got good news and I've got bad news. The bad news is you're jacked and there's no way you can do that. That's the bad news. But the good news is that God sends His Spirit to live on the inside of us, to live the life of Jesus Christ through us, to help us, become more like Him. Aren't you grateful for that this morning? Yes. Thank God for that. So we're created to be like Christ. We're created, number four, to serve God. Service of believers or to believers is called ministry. Service to unbelievers is called evangelism and outreach. We're called to serve. And and priority, number five, is mission. Rick Warren says we're made for mission Jesus gave us the great co-mission. We, we call it the great commission. It's a co-mission. Why? Because we labor together with God. Jesus said, All authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. You go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go preach the gospel. Every one of us are living on mission as Christ followers. These are five indispensable, irrefutable biblical priorities for our lives today. Now, the right priorities. And let me just say this before I move on to the right position. How many of you would be honest and say that you struggle even just a little bit with procrastination? Is there anybody that would be honest enough to admit that? Okay. I come from a family of professional procrastinators. My dad was a master procrastinator. And I've inherited that from him. And it's something that I struggle with and that I resist and I fight. But I've I've learned something, and it's a little little secret that I want to share with you. I actually harness procrastination as, as a good thing, as a powerful tool in my life. And I want to mention this when we talk about priorities. Because you see, my philosophy is always put off till tomorrow. What does not have to be done today? That's procrastination. Now see, we we can apply that principle in a healthy manner in our lives. If the kingdom of God and these five kingdom priorities are priorities in my life, then I'm going to purpose that they're going to be the rocks in the jar of my life and my day. And I'm going to procrastinate the sand I'm going to procrastinate the lower priorities in my life. And I'm going to always put off tomorrow till tomorrow what does not have to be done today in light of an eternal perspective. And if we live that way, we'll use procrastination to our advantage because we'll be focused on priorities. And that will help us stay on point. So the cure for clutter, number one is right priorities. Number two is the right position. Let's go back and look at Martha and Mary. Very simply, Mary was in the right position. What does the Bible tell us about her? She wasn't scurrying around the house like Martha. She wasn't busy. She wasn't running. She was sitting. She wasn't scurrying. Her posture... I have this picture... That she's sitting, and and maybe she wasn't looking up, but the Bible says she was sitting at His feet, so she must have been sitting and looking up at Him and listening. She was in the right position to eliminate clutter from her life. She was seated. She was listening. She was drinking in. She was paying attention. And she was commended as doing the one thing that was needful. She wasn't across the room, she was at His feet. There are many voices screaming for our attention in today's culture. There were many voices screaming in that room that day. Martha was upset and she was yelling, Jesus was talking to her. There was conversation going on, but she was, she was dialed in. You know, there's a lot of different radio stations on your, on your scanner on your radio, and you can dial in and tune in to all different kinds. Let's make sure that we're dialed in and listening to Jesus Christ. Let's make sure that we're dialed in and listening. One year Bible reading program, get quiet, get alone, eight to ten minutes, reading, listening, journaling, contemplating, God, what are you saying to me? What do I need to take from this? How do I apply this to my life? Listening. She was at His feet. Listening. And this is, this, is, this is amazing to me. Now we know this about Jesus, that he was, he was telling His disciples, and He was telling, even publicly, He was telling people what was going to happen to Him as He was headed for Jerusalem. He was telling them, I'm going to be abused, I'm gonna be, I'm, they're going to beat me, They're going to arrest Me, there's going to be a crown of thorns, there's going to be a cross, they're going to kill Me. Jesus was saying this over and over again to His disciples, but were they listening? They weren't listening. They weren't hearing. They they were triumphal entry and laying down palm branches and excited that Jesus was going to be the King and He was going to feed them all kinds of bread and they were pumped. Because they thought he was going to be a military, physical king and throw off Rome's uh, shackles. They weren't listening. But the Bible tells us something about Mary in John's Gospel. A beautiful passage, and you remember this passage, about how she came in and she brought this very expensive bottle of perfume. And she broke that open and she 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 anointed Jesus with this perfume. And it's interesting. The the two openings that we read about Mary, here she is listening to the Lord and her sister Martha's rebuking her. And in that instance in John chapter 11, she was rebuked for wasting all of the perfume. Do you remember the story? And 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 Judas was upset and said that could have been sold and given to the poor and the Bible says he didn't care about the poor. He just he was stealing money. So she was rebuked for doing that. But Jesus said, no, what she's done is a good thing to me. So she got two gold stars from Jesus. She made the choice to sit at His feet and listen to Him. And Jesus said she's made the right choice, she's done the right thing, and it's not going to be taken away from her. She brings in this expensive perfume, and she lavishly wastes it on Jesus. And Jesus said, no, What she's done is a good thing. She's actually anointed me for burial. You know what? I start to connect the dots and I say, you know what? Mary was seated at the Lord's feet. She was listening. She was one of the few who were listening. And because she heard what Jesus was saying, she knew what was coming, and she acted out of love and passion and compassion. She lavished her love. She she took this, this expensive perfume and lavished it on Jesus. What a picture of the life of the Christ follower. The kind of lavish love that we should be pouring out on Jesus Christ as we live our lives. Why did she do that? I believe she did that because she knew what was coming And she knew what was coming because she was listening to Jesus not busy running around the house trying to fix a meal. And as we give Christ place and we give His words place in our lives and in our minds and in our attention and in our focus and we're listening for what God is saying, He's talking to us. Are we hearing and are we acting on what He's saying? See, many people wrongly associate Mary with inactivity because of this, this story, this, this freeze frame of her life where she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. But listen, we all sit at the feet of Jesus so that we can hear from heaven so that we can then act on what we've heard Mary was a person of action. In fact, in extraordinary action that Jesus commended and said as long as the Gospels preached, her story's going to be told. That was a strategic act that counted for millenniums. Are you listening this morning? So the, the, the cure for clutter, number one is right priority, number two is the right position. And I'm sure she would shudder at the notion of being equated with Mary this morning, but I asked Shirley Reed to come up and share her story. So Shirley, would you come on up and, uh, and tell a little bit of your story? And let me just uh, tell a little bit of the backdrop because I, I think this story is so cool. And uh, come on up, Shirley. Let's Shirley Reed. Let's put our hands together. God bless her. <clears throat> Shirley, you told me uh, when we talked on the phone, you said you're a lot more like Martha than you are Mary, typically. You're a recovering Martha. I'm going to go ahead and give, give you the microphone. Well, thank you as a recovering Martha. Let, let's, this is a support group. Everybody say, uh, uh, Good morning, Shirley. Okay, so she feels comfortable. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But l- let me just thumbnail just a little bit, and then you tell the story because it's so cool. That, uh, that you were, uh, you and your husband, I, I've known you for many years, and, and, and you've been generous toward God in many, many ways. And one of the things that you shared with me is that you wanted to go beyond that, and it's one thing to write a check, and it's one thing to give financially, and, and that's good, but what, what had been in your heart was to, to be a person that was doing more than that, and, and you heard about the City Rescue Mission and how that, that was shut down, I guess because of the health codes and things, and, and homeless people were put out on the street on two of the coldest nights in December, and you heard about that, and it was actually it was right after the message that we, we followed Jesus to the cafeteria, and... And one of the lessons in that was that P, uh Philip, Jesus asked Philip, where are we going to get food to feed all these? And he's like, Man, I have you know, th- three-quarters of a year of, of salary wouldn't be enough to feed all these people. But Andrew had enough sense to say, hey, we got five loaves and two fish. And the point was, let's give to Jesus the little bit we have rather than withhold it because it's not enough. And so coming off that message, you heard about this, and and You had some stuff going on on the inside. So tell us what happened and tell us how that story played out.
2: Mm-hmm. There's so much. always.
0: That is so cool. Isn't, isn't that a great story? Shirley, thank you. Thank you for sharing. You know, it, that, that's, that's a great story because something really big happened and it's significant and other people got involved. What I love about that is she just took some simple steps and did what she could do. And look what God did beyond that. Let's cultivate uncluttering, to be more like a Mary, listening to what God is saying, acting on it, and then watching what He's going to do. The results are not my responsibility. The results were not Shirley's responsibility. The results are with God. And He's big. So let's let's just do something so He can jump in the middle of it and watch what will happen. So, uh, thank you Shirley for sharing that story. It's It's inspiring. The right priorities, the right position, the right plan. Let me just share a couple thoughts and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. When it comes to the right plan, start at the end and work backwards. Start in eternity and look backwards on your life. If you want to unclutter your life, you've got to have the right plan. And if you're going to have the right plan, have the right priorities. We talked about biblical priorities. But literally, Patrick Morley in his book, Man in the Mirror, and Stephen Covey in his book and uh, others have commented on this. This may sound morbid, but write your own obituary. What do you want people to say about you when you're dead and gone? Because that's living intentionally with the end in mind. I need to have the right plan if I'm going to unclutter life. See, we could talk about the... The practical strategies of planning and goal setting. and you know, I have 8 or 10 pr- points on how to unclutter your life I'm probably not going to get to today. So I'll post them on the website and it'll be additional material and you can look at that. Some great resources. Michael Hyatt's book on pl- uh, Developing Your Own Personal Life Plan is a great resource. It's a free e-book that's a download. And it's a wonderful guide to helping you develop a life plan written from a Christian perspective. It's a wonderful resource. I want to encourage you to get it. But start with the end in mind. Write your own obituary. What do you want to achieve and accomplish? Jesus Christ came to this life with a plan. He knew what His goal was and He said something amazing. He said, I've come to do the will of of the Father and complete His work. Every one of us should echo that. So plan in light of eternity. Start with the end in mind. A couple of things. The I-beam test and the 10K test. If you're not really sure yet what your priorities should be, I heard this analogy. Let me share it with you. Imagine two buildings side by side 50 stories high and a steel I-beam that's 10 inches wide connecting the two buildings 50 stories high. Just simply ask yourself the question, what would I be willing to go across that I-beam in order to get? That very quickly will help you identify what's really priority in your life. Who are the people? What are the the projects? Really, it it probably boils down to people. People should be our priority. That's the I-beam test. What would you be willing to go across that I-beam for? Those are priorities in your life. So, the right plan. The 10K test. What's going to matter 10,000 years from now? See, all I've got is today. And I I need to make choices regarding how I'm going to spend today. And I need need to be thinking from the perspective, what is going to matter 10,000 years from today? Is a bunch of sand going to matter? It's not going to matter. Let's keep life in perspective. And let's approach life with the right plan. I love this verse in Jeremiah. A couple more comments and we'll close. Famous last words of the preacher, right? When he says, in in closing it means nothing. No, we're we're going to close, I promise. Okay. But... uh, Jeremiah 15, 19. God says to Jeremiah, you need to learn to extract the precious from the worthless. I love that verse. Then you'll be a worthy spokesman for me. We need to learn, Jesus, help us to extract the precious from the worthless. And what's precious are the values that are most important in our lives. Eight ways to unclutter your life. I'm going to zip through them. I'm going to provide this on the website, on the media resources for you, along with some books. We'll have that up in the next couple of days. Eight ways to un- unclutter your life put God or keep God first. Number two, plan your life, your year, your week, your day. Number three, set smart goals specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time based. You getting this all down? <laughs> Use time twice. Say no. Oh, this is a big one. Say no without guilt. You need to learn to use the word no if you're going to unclutter your life. See, the reality is when we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. So we need to we need to learn to say yes to the right things and no to, no to other things. Limit time wasters like TV, telephone, sleep, and in, indecision. Number seven, live in the now. That's what I love about Mary. She was living in the moment, sitting at the feet of Jesus. She was living in the now. That is a key to uncluttering our lives. And number eight, recruit a clutter coach. Some of us need more help than others. You may just want to recruit somebody to help you. Uh, Maxine might be a good one. She's, she's, she's pretty organized, at least if you're not. You sure appear that way. But you know, get a clutter coach if you need some help. And so, uncluttering our lives. Next week we're going to talk about uncluttering Relationships. Warren and the team can come, and we're, we're going to close this morning. Let's just have a word of prayer together. Just close your eyes and take a quiet moment. Father, life gets so busy. God, we're just we're determined with your grace and help that we're going to be busy with the right things. And Lord, I really don't want this to be just another message. We walk away from, we think about a little bit, and then we just go right back into our old patterns and habits. Holy Spirit, would you anoint the truth of what we've shared today? Lord, would you help us to really identify high priorities in our lives? And then by the grace of God, really be investing ourselves in those Priorities, the right priority, the right position, and the right plan. Lord, thank You that we can live on purpose and that when we do stand in eternity and we look back over our lives and Jesus puts His arm around us and, and we evaluate our lives together, Lord, we won't be filled with shame and regret and remorse and embarrassment. But we'll say, by the grace of God, I serve Jesus Christ faithfully. I endeavored to, to be heavenly minded and have kingdom focus. And I did the will of God. I didn't do it perfectly, but I did the will of God for my life. Lord, that is a worthy goal. We ask you to help us in it. In Jesus' name.